Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Today I'm joined by this cat, who's sitting what on me as, as, as I start to record. He's not going to say yeah. that, though. Oh, so shy on the mic, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Dead air. Not, not shy about anything else. Uh, I'm doing really well. I'm glad. Days I'm are getting really longer. Glad. Always good. Been been yeah. walking into work. A, a walk into work now, just right by Edinburgh Castle, right oh. along Princess Street. It's beautiful. That's pretty grand, isn't yeah, it? It's lovely. Yeah. Wow. How about yourself? I'm doing okay as well, thank you. Yeah. Um, January, as ever, felt very long. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty excited because it's new Arkham cards time. Yeah. And what's more, it's first look time. Yeah. And what's more, yeah, you've not, you've also not looked at any of the cards. No, no, so, I d- like the Virgin Brothers diving into the Virgin Snow of new cards. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, is that what virgins do? Dive into Virgin Snow. I think so. Right. That's that's why someone gets called a virgin. I, I messaged you the other day saying I haven't looked at the cards and I misspelled yeah. the word f- fresh. So I said oh. I, I've got some fleshly laid takes. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible, yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it was We're very Arkham appropriate. <laughs> I just imagine a sort of tentacle spewing out um, like eggs. egg-shaped, gooey takes. Yeah, <laughs> very on par. So, Feast of Hemlock Vale Investigator expansion for players is here. So we're going to dive in and start first looking the cards. We've not yet decided quite what frequency these episodes are going to come out. We're not even sure how many we're going to record in one sitting. So we're just going to dive in and share our enthusiasm with you. And yeah, as is becoming a drawn to the flame tradition, we're going to do the the classes at random. Yeah. Do you want to spin that wheel, Peter? Well, first of all, I don't know what you mean about in one sitting. So we record these episodes the day before they go out, right? Oh yes, yeah, right, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, no, I, and it has been a while since I used the wheel. It had gone back in the attic, so I've had to, to climb up and, and get it down. Okay, um, good. But I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> Oh, we've got Seeker. Seeker to start. Okay, wow. I'm excited. Me too, yeah. Orange orange cards, yellow cards. So there's a lot of cards to get through. So what we're going to do is... Just read them the, as just fast as we can. Yeah, exactly. No takes. <laughs> the, the hottest of takes are the silent takes. <laughs> um, we're going to briefly remind ourselves of the investigator, but I mean super briefly here. Do you want me to do that, Peter? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So our seeker investigator is Kate, 2424, and she has this ability about putting clues onto science and tool assets. So we should keep an eye out in the seeker cards for science and tool assets. And then her deck building is seeker 0 to 5, so she should be able to take all of these seeker cards. Science cards 0 to 4, insight cards 0 to 1, and neutral cards. So pretty sure she'll be able to take all of these seeker cards. And really, we need to remember science and insight for the other classes, just to be awkward. Yes. So, yeah. But for her ability, she cares about tool and science, and she likes to place clues on things that turn into boosts for her down the line. Yes. Can we just quickly do her signature cards? Because they might be relevant as well. Yes. So she has the flux stabilizer that's inactive. And when you put a clue on it, it is tool and science traded, so you can do that. You get to get one copy of 
etheric current and put it into her deck. Mm-hmm. And once Flux Stabilizer flips over, only flip Flux Stabilizer, once Flux Stabilizer is flipped to its active side, it has a reaction. When you place a clue on an asset you control, you get plus two skill value for your next skill test this phase. Right. So really there's no... I, I can't see a strong reason that you would be putting clues on any other tool or science before turning on the stabilizer. Yeah. And then the etheric currents have a lot of text, yeah. but they're essentially a way of getting all your clues back so that you can do that all again, and a way of dealing with enemies using intellect. So there's a fight and an evade, and you get to pick one. They each give you card draw, and the fight allows you to use intellect instead of combat and exhaust the enemy and move it away, and the evade gets you to shuffle the enemy if it's non-elite into the encounter deck. And you can still spend clues from cards that have clues on, can't you? That's what was ruled when we saw Kate, yep. yes. Bro. That isn't what we thought was in the rules, and it might be overturned. Oh, really? The, I mean, as in, I imagine it might be overturned, because otherwise, why would you need to use an ability to get her clues back, apart from being able to, to place, place them, them again. again, right? Yeah, I, I'm not saying I'm expecting it to be overturned, but it it does warp some of the issues around, like the whole point about not having clues in your pool to spend would be a cap on her power. Yeah, but, yeah, but anyway. that, that's going to be a, okay. Let's, we're doing exactly what we said let's we wouldn't see. do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's jump into secret cards then. I guess let's do it. Uh, who's going to go first? You get to choose. I get to choose. Well, yeah. I'll go first. Okay, first of all, we have chemistry sets. This was in an FFG article, I believe. It was, yeah. So we know what We're starting was. with a few FFG article ones. Yes. Yeah. So this is a two-cost asset. It has one intellect icon, item, tool, and science traits, and has action, exhaust chemistry set, investigate. If you... Uh, and then there's four options. Fail by exactly two, you discard chemistry set. Succeed by exactly zero, you gain two resources. Succeed by exactly two, draw one card. Or succeed by exactly four, discover an additional clue at your location. And that uses an accessory slot. So this is introducing this theme that we saw in the Scarlet Keys start to be introduced, which is around, it's not succeed by X in the rogue way, which is just smash tests. Mm -hmm. It's succeed by specifically or succeed by exactly an amount. Mm -hmm. So it's like exact success. I'm sure someone will have come up with a, a catchy phrase to sum that up. And I guess like my slightly glib take is for the faction that can do it all already, Seekers, why not have something that encourages them to be really specific and targeted about their abilities to just make things even even harder for them? And we saw in Scarlet Keys something like the Lab Coat, which has a reaction when you'd fail a skill test on a Seeker card by one or less exhaust lab coat, you succeed by zero instead. And we also saw analysis that lets you drop clues to redraw tokens. Yeah. So there's a whole sub-theme going on around being specific about your value. Yeah. Is it any good, though? I mean, it's it's a good question. Is it any good? It's cheap and it's relatively cheap. I think that... Those intervals will be hit quite often. Mm-hmm. I think the difficult thing is almost that you are locked into using the investigate on the asset, mm. which is sometimes a good thing, sometimes not a good thing. 
I mean, the, yeah. the thing we're going to have to say a lot through this is that well, this has got I this has got tool and science traits. So yeah, Kate likes those traits because she can put clues on it. Mm-hmm. It also helps uh, our, pa- our pal uh, Wilson Richards, mm-hmm. Wilson yeah, Phillips, you can take. <laughs> uh, who gets a stat boost for using tools. That's right. Yeah. So a tool which has basic actions on it, it instantly becomes more attractive in him. But probably yes. the best thing to do is when we talk about. Wilson Phillips will will you know round up those kind of cards and those effects and talk about them then rather than yeah. including them in our, in our analysis of every card. I like the idea that our sort of ordered class discussion, class by class, just completely breaks down when we get to Wilson, and then <laughs> we then start first le- looking the entire Feast of Hemlock Vale investigative expansion for players by trait. Yes, and then we'll get to Kahaku, which also does that, and then we'll be like, ah, you know the yeah. Anyway, great. I, it, it's it's interesting. It, it's a it's an econ card using the accessory slot, which is mm-hmm. I think is quite nice. It's not going to reliably get you additional clues, and almost like you're gonna you're gonna be using it and be like, oh well, I got a clue. Actually, I'd want I want a card or some or some cash, please. Yeah, um, I wasn't planning. I can on... well imagine that you do investigate with this, succeed by one, you're like, oh fine, and then just do a normal investigate and succeed by two, and yeah. you're like, if only I could have switched that order. My other like mild take, and then I think we should move on, is it could just be good fun. Like it, it's a nice thing to do if you're building this tool science build to just say like, okay, yeah, I'll put the chemistry set in, particularly in Kate, and it feels like Kate is doing a little bit of engine building anyway. So why not have it in? And I, you know, that's not a bad thing if Arkham leans in a direction of like encouraging thematic decks, encouraging things for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So I like the feeling of a strong theme that might emerge from a set of cards. So that's nice. And shall we move on? Yeah, let's do it. Next, we have Dr. Charles West III knows his purpose. This is a three-cost seeker asset with an intellect and a combat icon. Ally and science traded, so Kate can throw clues at him. You have one additional hand slot, which can only be used to hold a tool asset. Reaction. After you successfully investigate by exactly one or three, exhaust Dr. Charles West III, deal one damage to an enemy at your location. In classic Seeker form, he has <laughs> one health, two sanity, and takes up the ally slot. So it's such a, a weird pairing of abilities. <laughs> I must admit, I, I've had decks where I would really like an additional hand slot for a tool asset. Mm-hmm. I think I had that in my in my Daryl deck because the Hawkeye folding camera is a tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and You've I got wanted... various things you want. You want your research notes as exactly, well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I quite like that, and yep. I don't know, maybe every so often you trigger the damage, and you're like, oh, cool, mm. I did some damage. There's no enemy here, but I did I did a damage, or maybe once in a blue moon it actually works. I yep. don't know, what, what do you think? It falls in The second ability falls into the Alice Luxley trap, doesn't it? Where if you're trying to get clues to do damage, which is what Alice Luxley does, you need the enemy to be on someone else, and if the enemy's on someone else, it's probably on the enemy handler. Yeah. In which case, they don't necessarily need you to help. It can be useful in specific circumstances like pinging a whippoorwill. Yes. And in Scarlet Keys, we saw that doing pips of damage becomes really useful. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's a good call. This might be a really nice card to take uh, Scarlet Key. Yeah. So it just like widens the options for people who want to just 
it's like utility compression because you get a clue and you ping something and in Scarlet Keys that's great for blips. Personally speaking, I'm not wild about gaining extra slots and I think it's partly because of my solo bias that the idea of playing this to get a slot to be able to play something else. I've You're very much with Bandelier. God, God's given you two hand slots and yeah. that's all you shall ever have. It's I'd even go un- further unnatural. and say sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, you know, say people will run four copies, you know, two copies of two allies and be like, yeah, you know, and then I'll upgrade into charisma. I was very slow on the feeling like that was worthwhile. And again, it's I I know it's specifically from solo because you might just not have enough time. And the idea of putting cards in your deck that allow you to play more cards, I just I've often found in solo I don't have the time. So I quite like that Dr. Charles West might help in some way even if you don't use the slot straight away. like You could foreseeably play Charles West turn one and do some pings of damage before you even have filled all three hand slots, which is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very, like, um, utility-y, if that's a word. <laughs> it sort of it fits. He's a bit of a Swiss army knife, is what I'm trying to say. Toolbox. Toolbox. What's next in the toolbox? We have got the Microscope. This is another two-cost asset with a single intellect icon. Again, with the item tool and science traits. Again, with the item tool science traits. It has a reaction ability. After an enemy at your location is successfully evaded or defeated, exhaust Microscope. Place one resource on Microscope as evidence. And then we have an action-action ability, which says Investigate. You get plus one intellect for this investigation for each evidence on microscope, maximum plus three. If you succeed, you may spend up to two evidence to discover that many additional clues at your location. It uses a hand slot. Mm. This seems quite nice, I think. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Daryl with Dr. Charles West, because we see that important word evidence here. Absolutely, yeah. Putting evidence on this becomes... An extra clue, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to trade in the extra actions. How many evidence are you spending in one go on this? You're doing a double investig- double action to investigate. Yes. So if you only spend one evidence, you're essentially getting a clue per action. Yes. So I think you need to spend two evidence but to, re- to get a triple clue. Getting a single test is often better because you can commit more to it. Mm-hmm. Like committing one icon to one test mm-hmm. is the same as committing yeah. one icon to two tests. Two tests. So this this is what you get when you come for the hot takes, Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you've got two evidence on it, because you're planning to spend two, you're already getting you're getting plus two to two tests for the two evidence. Mm-hmm. Although you're only taking a single test to do that, and then potentially three clues. The challenge would be how quickly you can accumulate evidence on this. And I really like that it doesn't care about you doing the evade or defeat. Like Charles West, you could be lurking in the background while your enemy manager does enemy management things. Yes. And Microscope is just lovely and accumulating evidence, which is really nice. I was going to go on to say, before you so brutally interrupted... <laughs> you 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 are spot on. I think you want to have you want to get three clues off it, which means spending two evidence. So if you want, you just you said did I? <laughs> what you're being so contrary. Okay, yeah, good. No, I'm not. why didn't you say yes? I agree. 
<laughs> I do agree. I agree with you. I yeah, think, yeah, I, I, okay, I cool, think you were cool. spawned. You made the point I was hoping you were going to make. Because what I oh, wanted cool. to say was, how many... <laughs> you, you spend two evidence to do that. Yeah. And doing that twice. What I'll do is I'll edit out what I said, and it makes it sound like you're then cutting in <laughs> to say, you're wrong, Frank. Here's what you should do. Shut up, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> no, what I was going to say was, if, if, if you want to do that twice... Spend two evidence twice, so that's six clues. Yeah. That's four enemies you have to evade. Yeah. And you only get one per turn. Yes, because it exhausts. Because it exhausts. So you can't, like, evade a swarm enemy and get a bunch of them on there. Yeah, or, yeah, or kill a swarm enemy. Getting, like, yeah. four or six enemy evades over a scenario? I don't know. That, that seems like a lot. Evades or defeats. Oh, yes. Evades or defeats. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's a bit easier yeah. then. But it's only like one a turn, could, you, so that's six it's turns. It's still one a turn, though. <laughs> you could still be pocket. Microscope is at the earliest a mid-game powerhouse guard, mm-hmm. not early game. So you start on a location where the the rest of the party are like, right, we just need to clear this single location of clues and crack on. If microscope is your clue compression, you're like, okay, well, I'll be getting one clue per action for a while, and then the microscope <laughs> will be online for later in the scenario when yeah. I can then start... Using up that hand slot for that whole game when you could have something which is helping you succeed. Yeah. Now. Yeah, like a fingerprint kit, right? Now. Yeah, like a fingerprint kit, exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Obviously, it's a lot cheaper than that. And we know why that is thematically that you can't use the microscope straight away. Because if you've ever used a microscope, filling in those little glass, what are they called? <laughs> Slides. Yeah. You have to obviously kill an enemy or evade <laughs> it and pluck the hair out of the back fit it in the slides and I don't know if you've ever done them when you try and put the two glass slides together they always go squint and then obviously there's a point at which you crack one that's a given I'm referring to all of my own microscope experiences at school age I don't know 10 and it's only then that you start to actually find out something useful I feel like it's stronger in higher player counts. Yeah, A, because there's more clues on a location, and B, because there's more enemies being drawn. Yeah, potentially. Although it's the one per turn sort of stymies you a little bit. And I think maybe you could look at Finn or someone like that who also wants to be evading or defeating enemies. Oh, that's nice. Well, here's a question. Someone like Roland... Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of... An enemy, more enemy manager character. Yeah, a Joe, a Roland. Could they take this and use the stat boost? Yeah, they might. Roland might have for a little, a, a little more. bit of a little, just like a kind of soupçon of enemy of uh, of clue um, getting. And Wilson might like it as well, right? That deals with some some enemies and it builds up, and then when he uses the investigate ability, he's anyway getting a. A native plus one plus however much evidence there is. I can see that. You were suggesting we move on? Yes, I think so. Next we have Mouse Mask. This is our first card we're looking at that was announced by a content creator in the community. So shout out to Will I Game, who announced this as part of the Feast of Emlock Vale preview season. Mouse Mask, subtitle The Meek Watcher. It's a one cost asset with willpower and intellect icons. More like the Squeak Watcher. (laughs) Sorry, go on. You can see that Rob Lasky's been uh, playing a lot of Root. (laughs) It's item, charm, and mask. Limit one mask per investigator. Uses two offerings. Replenish one of these offerings after you reveal a location or put a new location into play. 
free trigger spend one offering, you get plus two willpower or plus two intellect for this skill test, limit once per test. Yeah. Well, uh, we don't have to talk too much about this because we're like game. It was previewed. Yeah. Could you say... I, I always get annoyed with Will I Am for his punctuated name, and it's tempting mm. just to call him William. But I don't know how that works with Willi- Willigum. Willigamy. Yeah. yeah. Willigum. Um, yeah. If people want to check out, uh, I guess a more in-depth analysis, they can they can have a look at uh, Will I Games. It's mainly Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Does he? Yeah, yeah. Does, I don't know whether he has a another repository of Instagram's thoughts. Instagram's the main one. Yeah. So I, I've been thinking about this. There's a cycle of these cards. So every there is, every yeah. faction gets one. Mm-hmm. Have we seen all so. of them? We've seen no, a few of them. Me. Yeah, I sure. think we have seen all now. Yeah, I've been thinking about these as: is it worth it if you don't replenish the offerings? Okay, one cost plus two twice. So the it would be uh, two perceptions. Yeah, or two guts here, mm-hmm. yeah. and because it's one. It's one card that does it twice. It's sort of equivalent to drawing one card. It doesn't give you the deck thinning that that perception mm-hmm. would. Perception, basically, yeah. you, you just don't draw it. It just gives you a yeah. bonus to a test. But here, you play it, and then you draw another card instead of drawing the second one. So yeah. sort of, it's not deck thinning, but it... it yeah. I don't know. Yeah, You can run two mouse mask instead of two perception and two guts, and you save yourself two deck slots. Yes, uh, yes, it's more efficient on slots. Although, obviously, if you run two masks, then you can't play the second mask unless you're able to get rid of it somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I was thinking about it along those lines, and then you can almost discount the replenishment through the offerings uh, through whatever the the replenishment ability does. Yeah, makes sense. I think as a starting point, it seems competitive with perception yeah. guards, which yeah. is nice. I, I, funnily enough, I like to see that there's the limit once per test on there, which obviously mirrors you can't put two perceptions into the same test, and also maybe is a lesson they've learned from higher ed, which is higher ed just allowed you to yeah yeah as, as much as, as you, you like. want yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that's maybe a good sign. The other thing I'd say is that the replenishment ability on the mouse mask I think is pretty easy to trigger. I mean, in solo, every location you go to, you will trigger this. It doesn't exhaust when you replenish either, so if you sprint across the map, yeah. you just get a load of offerings. In multiplayer, you might need to be a bit more specific about you leading the way, so I can see someone like Ursula really loving this. Um, <laughs> also, is the, you know, Jake, Jake Williams, her her BF, Yeah, that's his ability as well, right? It is, Four yeah, cards. you're right. <laughs> so do you think this is like a little um, nod to the fact that Jake is meek? Does it say that on his card? <laughs> No, it doesn't no. say on Scott. Do you think they're trying to He's trying to bad. set up a kind of slagging off Jake situation? <laughs> we don't need any more of that. He's, he's useless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worst ally in the game. Put this mask on, Jake. Put this mask mask on. <laughs> don't, can't look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Replenish, I'm a little bit cooler on because it's just one of those effects that I'm aware has been on other cards. Like Vantage Point has this on as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Vantage Point is a, is a bad card, but I do have memories of sitting looking at Vantage Point in my hand and being like, oh, I've yeah. never quite totally. had the chance to play this. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Vantage Point is a card I, I would love to love, yes. and I've had exactly <laughs> the same situation. And it's also an ability that can get shut down by certain scenarios. 
doesn't necessarily yeah. have yeah. to be a low uh, location count scenario, but say you've like say you're playing um, Doom of Edsley. On the way back through Doom of Edsley, you've revealed all of the locations. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you've run out of offerings, there's just no way of getting any more. And you are hard capped in how many offerings you're going to get. Because once you've got them from the number of locations, there isn't really a way of unrevealing a location and then re-revealing it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and, and you yeah. need to have this, the space because you can only replenish up to your uses value, I believe. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It's not just keep adding them. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So my example of you can sprint through a bunch of locations. You, you get can sprint through two locations. Yeah. But if you're doing right, I'm going to run across the map. You don't end up with a massive pile sitting on this. I do yeah, like that point. because it encourages you, encourages you to use your cards. That's always... A, <laughs> I was going to make a, a highly tangential comparison, but I'll, I'll rein myself in, Frank. It, it, things which cause like resources to disappear at an end of a turn, or, or you don't get that replenishment... I like those yeah. in games because it encourages yeah. to use the tools you've got at your disposal. It's kind of the opposite of the microscope, right? Where the microscope's giving you a boost for every evidence you've accumulated. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit more tension on the microscope of do I spend a couple of evidence and get lots of clues? Oh, but if I hold on and get a bit more evidence, then the boost is going to be bigger. And what's the point at which you start to spend if you're a slightly lower intellect character running microscope? Whereas with Myers Mask, exactly as you say... You want it to be on one or zero offerings almost immediately so that you can then replenish it, if replenishing is what you care about. Shall we move on? Let's move on, yeah. Over to you. Oh, is it me? Bro. Uh, We have the Ravenous Myconid, and this has the unidentified trait. It's a two-cost asset with a single agility icon. There's also only one copy of this card. Oh, interesting. The card that follows. Uh, It has the Creature, Monster, Flora, and Science traits. Limit one per deck. Action, search your bonded cards for uncanny growth and add it to your hand. Action, and if Ravenous Myconid has three or more growth on it, move each growth to your resource pool as resources. Record in your campaign log that you have classified a new species. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, one health and one sanity. Should we jump straight and just read Uncanny Growth as well? Sure. This is a one-cost event, Uncanny Growth. It has the insight and science traits, and it's bonded to Ravenous Myconid. Investigate. After this test resolves, place one resource on Ravenous Myconid as growth for each point you succeed by. Set Uncanny Growth aside out of play. If you fail, return Uncanny Growth to your hand. Mm-hmm. So will the action ability on the Myconid return Uncanny Growth to your hand when it's set aside from passing the test? Mm-hmm. Are your bonded cards set aside? Yes. I think so. I think they are as well. That seems like it would be if the... you, yeah, because otherwise it would be something like you get stuck. <laughs> oh yeah, you'd get stuck because if you succeed by one, you'd put one growth on Ravenous Myconid, and if somehow there was no way of getting Uncanny Growth again, you'd be like, how do I complete this yeah. side quest? Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think it would say something like remove Uncanny Growth from the game yeah. if it wanted it to be inaccessible. So this is it's interesting this. Because mm-hmm. Uncanny Growth doesn't... Obviously, we don't know yet what it turns into, mm-hmm. I don't think. At the point of recording, obviously, we have the cards in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what it turns into. <laughs> no, <laughs> if no, if it right. has been announced, I, I can't... I, I can't. Oh, remember. no, it hasn't been announced. It hasn't been announced. Um, we saw in a Spanish article one of the versions 
Right, okay. But I've not been looking at foreign language announcements because obviously they've then been translated. They're not necessarily a perfect translation, so I've just ignored that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're famously um, xenophobic as well. (laughs) So we have it on record now. Oh, no. No, so so what I was going to say was What's interesting is it, it, it doesn't, it's, it's action and resource intensive to get it set up, although you do get resources back mm-hmm. at the end of it. And in fact, as many resources as you put in, potentially, unless you've had to replay mm-hmm. Uncanny Growth. Yeah. If you do it as efficiently as possible, you've spent three resources, two for Myconid, one for Uncanny Growth, and you've spent one action to play Ravenous Myconid, one action to search your bonded cards for Uncanny Growth, one action to play Uncanny Growth, so at three actions, and then to get those resources back, a fourth action. Yeah. So four actions to be resource neutral. But the one action you spend playing Uncanny Growth still gets you a clue. And if you were to succeed by more than three... Yes. You might be getting more resources. So say you smash an uncanny oh, growth yeah. test by six and you put six growth on Ravenous Myconid, your four actions would net you a couple of resources as well as the clue. That's still yeah, yeah. That's nice. I hadn't hadn't appreciated yeah. that. You're you're spot on. It's not a great way of making resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you could theoretically do it over and over again, couldn't you? If you wanted to spend yes. two actions a go for a like three resource search for uncanny growth play uncanny growth <laughs> yeah yeah because the the mic and it doesn't remove with that second ability it just requires three or more growth for you to trigger it yeah and the growth becomes resources and you've classified a new species yeah it's reminding me of some of these other researched cards where there probably are ways of trying to make the research target be worthwhile so like strange solution is obviously draw draw a couple of cards What's the one that came after that? The glyphs is five resources, but yeah. what you could do is, sorry, I just realised you could play Uncanny Growth twice, even if you've already got three growth on. So you could do mm-hmm. play Myconid, search for Uncanny Growth, play Uncanny Growth, search for Uncanny mm-hmm. Growth, play Uncanny Growth, then translate your your Myconid. Yeah. So potentially you six actions. Yeah. Yeah, six actions, but you could be getting six resources and two clues as part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. They think it's worth talking about this too much. He says. Yeah, I think it falls into it. the same <laughs> challenge as all of the research, the unidentified ones, which is it's meant to be a little bit difficult to do, or a little bit inefficient, and that's okay. And last thing I'll say on this is I love a that it's a creature, which is really cool, like direction to go for the science weird science area of the game, mm-hmm. and b that it has health and sanity. Yeah. Like, you could classify a new species and then you get hit by something and you let the Ravenous Myconid die. Yeah. It doesn't That doesn't stop you from having classified a new species. And I just think that's really cool. Like, uh, slotless to soak is not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. It does also look a bit like the... It's the same being, creature, flora in both mm. pictures. It's got that kind of cyclopean eye the top of mm. it, which is retained mm-hmm. between the two pictures, despite them yeah. being very different art styles. Yeah, yeah, good point. Okay, should we move on? Yeah, so I'll read the next one. It's Control Variable. This is this is a card that we saw in another language, and <laughs> therefore I've sort of half looked at and half not looked at. Mm-hmm. It's a one-cost event, willpower and intellect icons, insight, science, 
and cursed, which means that Kahaku can take it. Yes. Fast. Play after an investigator reveals a curse token during a skill test at your location. Discover one clue at your location. There was a solution which he injected into the veins of dead things. And if they were fresh enough, they responded in strange ways. That's H.P. Lovecraft from Herbert West, Reanimator. That guy. What a film. Mm. So I think this is good. I think this is good. Like, it's a cheaper working a hunch. Mm-hmm. With a condition. With a condition. But yep. it's a relatively... In, in, in the style of deck which you would play, it's a pretty straightforward condition to trigger. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if you've got Kahaku in your team and he's got his Book of Living Wonders down. Yeah. I think it's Living Myths, but let's change it to Wonders because that's beautiful. Yeah, I think there's that situation where curses are just flying around the table. It doesn't even need you to be at 10 curses in the bag for that to be likely. Even at, say, four or five, every round you could be seeing a curse if there's an accursed follower out somewhere. I think it's nice. I think we talked about in our Kohaku preview wanting to see more payoff cards rather than just ways of putting Bless or Curse in the bag because he can do that so well already. And this is a really lovely one. There is like a seeker pile curses into the bag style mm-hmm. with stirring up trouble and deep knowledge. And then they have payoffs like Stygian Eye, which boosts them for curses in the bag. Is yeah. Right? Stygian Eye is... Do you need 10 curses in the bag to play Stygian Eye? Oh, God. I can't remember. Reduce the cost to play it by one for each curse in the Chaos Bag until the end of the round you get plus three to each of your skills. And it costs 10 resources. So another reason to have lots, lots of curses in the bag. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, and Blasphemous Covenant. You can cancel the difficulty of the curse as well. What were you going to say? I was going to say, the other thing, of course, that I hadn't touched on with the comparison to Working Hunch is Working Hunch is only during your turn. Mm, so there might be yeah, ways you can manipulate yeah. that. That's true, yeah. Yeah, you're at a location, there's one clue left, there's also, say, an enemy, and your buddy hits the enemy and draws a curse, you get the last clue, and that, that means your buddy knows they can leave, because you've yeah. already got the clue, and you can you can hot-foot it out of there as soon as your turn begins. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. What do we have next? Yeah, this is this is brand new. This one, mm. it's brand new, mate. This, <laughs> this is, is our the... first first brand new. Wow. Yeah, no, yeah. No, didn't know the art, didn't know the name, don't know what it does. Wow. It's a Scottish expression calling someone brand new. By the way, he's brand new, pal. Oh. This is a one cost event. It has a willpower, an intellect, and an agility icon. Testing sprint. Testing sprint. What does that mean? What does mm. that mean? Uh, it has the insight and double traits. Mm-hmm. Is it the first time we've seen a double? No, we saw refine in the Scarlet Keys. Oh god, which is yeah. that double the, that adds tick, an XP to yeah, a customizable customizable card? Yeah, doubles I remember from Netrunner. Mm-hmm, me R- too. Running yeah. interference as an additional cost of play: testing, sprint, spend, an action, investigate one at a time. Investigate your location and each connecting location. Once each, sorry. I've inserted a comma where I shouldn't have been. (laughs) One at a time, investigate a location, each connecting location, once each in ascending order of shroud, until you fail to investigate or successfully investigate each eligible location. Right. Okay, so complicated in wording, but I think quite simple in practice. You just, Mm -hmm. your location and all the connecting locations in order of shroud. shroud. So from lowest to highest, until you fail. 
Yeah. What does testing sprint mean? I don't understand the concept of it. Isn't a testing sprint where it's like from from coding, right? Where you sit down and you blast through kind of challenging your code. Ah, that could be like, so a, like Well, a coding sprint is where you sit down and you're like, right, we've got until 6pm and we need to finish this game. So I guess it's like a precursor to that of, right, we're going to spend 12 hours in the lab until we've cracked this. Gotcha. Yeah. So two actions allows you to investigate potentially up to, say, six locations. I mean, yeah, there's no upper limit to, yeah, theoretically. Yeah, the, Practically, yeah. it's probably going to be... You, you save this to play on a location to play when you've got an, a, like a good number of locations. So say three locations. Yeah. So two actions mm-hmm. and one resource to investigate three times. Yeah. That's like That's kind of a where minimum. Where want it to be, yeah. Even two, though, if... It's 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 a fancy um, seeking answers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it saves locations. you going into the location. It saves you going yeah. into the location, which which is potentially two actions saved. Go in and go out. What it also requires is that the connecting locations to be revealed. Yes, because other, otherwise they won't have clues on them. So the hidden cost to this is revealing them. Obviously, in multiplayer, you could get everyone else to spread out, and then mm-hmm. you just stand where you are and kind of collect clues from everywhere. What happens if you commit a deduction? Yeah, I was oh, just thinking separate, this. I think yeah, it's... they're each separate investigates. They're one at a time yeah. investigate your location. Yeah. But, you, you know, you could commit deduction to one of the investigates at a different location. Yeah. Pull a bunch yeah. of... Uh, this, I, I, I quite like this, I think. I think Me in yeah. something like like that Butterfingers, any of those Butterfingers decks I've played, in, in that You might have scattered clues around, yeah. Leave a little trail of clues. And... It sort of feels similar to Decipher Reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You play in a similar way as you would with Decipher Reality, but of course, Decipher Reality is five XP and it's, everything. It costs yeah. four. Yeah, and it's every single location. Yes. If you right, if you succeed, you get a clue from every single location. This potentially you could tentacle the first test and get nothing. True. Yes. But then you know if you but you could do that in Decipher oh, Reality. Tentacle as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tentacle the second test and get one clue. With this. Yeah. You could technical the test on Decipher Reality and get nothing for your five XP. Yeah. Is it four? Yeah. Is it four cost Decipher Reality? I think so. Yeah. In a way, I don't know whether this would be controversial, but <laughs> Decipher Reality, from a practical point of view, you very yeah, rarely hit the situation where you you genuinely do get a clue of every location. Yeah, I Dim would Carcosa say is the 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 one example that springs to mind because every location starts revealed. Yeah, uh, yeah, and if you get it first turn there, excellent. Yeah. But I think from a practical point of view, you often get a handful of clues. And this feels like if you save it to play at the right time and you know it's coming, you could do the same thing. You could get a handful of clues from it. And it's one cost and no XP. Yeah. I was going to say I don't think this is that good solo because of the challenge of unlocking things. Mm. But actually, in a solo Ursula, say... Yeah, you can just move around. and It's an investigate, so you could play that you could... You could, you know, pathfind, pathfind, I'm assuming you're running Pathfinder and Ursula, and then with the free action and your first action testing sprint. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's nice. You've still got two actions left and you've just, you know, potentially cleared three, maybe four locations. Super nice. Obviously, that's that's being warped to Ursula, but I think yeah. there are ways you can make this work in solo to that would work out as more efficient than... And potentially, of course, by location. if it's good for Ursula, it's good for Jack as well. Yeah. Yeah, very good point. Yeah. 
Should we move on? Yeah, let's. Next we have Thorough Inquiry. This is a two-cost event with intellect, agility, and wild icons. Awesome art. It's insight and double traded as an additional cost to play Thorough Inquiry spend in action. Investigators at your location draw a combined total of five cards. You decide how many cards each investigator draws. The truth is often hidden in plain sight. It's an interesting one, this. Yeah, both of us sort of screwing up our eyes as we do our card draw calculation. <laughs> I, I I feel like you already don't play preposterous sketches. Mm-hmm. Do you play preposterous sketches? I play deep knowledge over preposterous sketches. Yeah, you, yeah, you do. Yeah, that's a great card. <laughs> yeah, pay zero, draw three. Sure, you'd pay two XP to do the same with preposterous sketches. I feel like a card which is two preposterous sketches together is not good. But I yeah. feel like an intellect, an agility, and a wild icon is quite nice. Mm. And pay two, draw five for one person. It's pay two. Pay two, pay two actions, pay five, egg, draw, draw five. five. Yeah, that, it's that's a it's a heavy cost, I think. This strikes me as either you're doing some kind of big hand shenanigans where you're drawing all the five yourself, hmm. or the thorough inquiry is actually a panic button card where your fighter is running out of ammo or your seeker is running out of clue tech, and you use you basically say I'm forfeiting this turn. Yeah. By playing thorough inquiry, and I'm doing a massive hand refill. I don't think a big. I think a big hand deck has much better sources of drawing cards than this. Yeah. I think they will draw lots of one cards from a lot of different cards, mm-hmm. and I don't think they need this. I think yeah. your point about a fighter, yeah, I think that's much more accurate. And I think if you just want a card that's going to draw you lots of cards, potentially going out of faction. Mm. Maybe this—that's where you get a bit of a look in here. You know where this could be really fun in. Go on, Carson. Yeah, I can see that. Carson anyway is loving to support people, and sometimes has those downturns, and you just yeah. like yeah. Potentially, either Carson be... wants more cards to commit, so yeah. he just goes right. I'm spending two actions to get five, or it's helping someone else. My my, my impression of big hand decks is they are not action rich and card poor. They're, they're the opposite. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. But I think you're maybe spot on with Carson as someone who is more action rich, but but more card poor. Yeah. And if you're on a team with with some other characters who are utilizing their actions for progress in the scenario, they don't have the time yeah. to draw cards because yeah. they've got one one guy just cruising <laughs> in the team. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Carson's like, I could spend my special special action. And then another action to give each of you an action which you're going to use to draw a card. Mm. Or I could just spend two of my actions and between us we're going to draw five cards. So you can draw two, you can draw two, I can draw one. Yeah. Or whatever combination. The other thing is, of course, the combination is part of the power of this card. That yes, it's draw five for one person or it's draw four and one or it's you know whatever breakdown you want. Which I guess is part of why it's costed as it is. There's a... Little sub theme here, if you want to be running our friend Jeremiah Kirby, you could run the chemistry set, the microscope, the myconid, and thorough inquiry and call evens. Yeah. Like the parity decks have got a nice boost there if you're doing evens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe we move it on? could oh. go into Joe's hunch deck. Two cost insight events, always worth looking out for that, aren't they? 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Zero cost. Still two actions though. Yeah, still two actions. Yeah. Right. We do have a, a one of Peter's preferred card types here. Yeah. But it, it, some chat has been had over the theme of it. <laughs> yeah, and also card types that have quotes in the name mm-hmm. historically haven't capitalized the the all of the words after the first word because they're a, a phrase. <laughs> it's such a frank thing to complain about. Yeah, I know, but it matters. You can have a look. Like I'll see you in hell. Oh, oh right, jeez, I was only saying. Yeah, I will see you in hell though. <laughs> This card, incidentally, was previewed by Quick Learner, so probably okay, won't cool. spend too much time looking at it in detail. Shout out to Quick Learner. Right, throw the book at them. We have a one-cost event. It has an intellect and a combat icon, and it has the gambit and improvise traits. Fight. Mm. Choose a tome asset you control. You get plus X combat for this attack, where X is that asset's printed cost. If you succeed, you may either automatically evade the attacked enemy... Or, after the attack ends, you may resolve an action or free trigger ability on the chosen asset, ignoring its action cost, if any. And the flavor text says, Kid, you you took that a lot more literally than I expected you to. It's kind of aimed at the the designer. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. We'll find out that Duke calls Nick Kid or something. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a great card for pointing our listeners to Quick Learner's preview because there's so many elements to evaluate here. It's yes. a fight in Seeker. You need a Tome. The Tome gives you the boost. It's an auto-evade as well as the attack ends, but also with an action ability and which actions do you like. We could probably do a whole episode on describing this, and so I would suggest you go and check out Quick Learner's video that's really detailed and really good. In that case, should we move straight on? Let's do it, yeah. Next, we have Transmogrify. Playing board games previewed this card. This is a one-cost event. Willpower and intellect icons. It's gambit and science traded. Evade. You may use intellect instead of agility for this evasion attempt. If you succeed and the enemy is non-elite, attach transmogrify to it. Attached enemy gains massive, cannot move. Reaction. After you evade this enemy, discover one clue at its location. Limit once per round. I said blow it up, not blow it up. Not blow it up. Yeah. Surely. The emphasis. emphasis. But surely to blow something up is to destroy it. To blow it up is to enlarge it. And begin it. Yeah. Anyway. We have yes, we have seen this, haven't we? We have seen this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you use intellect instead of evasion of of instead of agility. Yeah, that's fine. And then you attach it. So shout out to like your Harveys, your Daisies, your Normans. All with great intellect and puny agility. So, attached enemy gains massive, it can't move, and has a free trigger. After you evade this enemy, discover a clue at your location, limit once per round. And that free trigger does trigger off the evade on this card. This feels like then uh, Trish is the obvious investigator that pops into my mind. Okay, yeah. Because... How does she work again? <laughs> <laughs> so then she, in future... She, 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 she does evade an enemy, doesn't she? <laughs> well, she says if you successfully investigate while there's an enemy oh, at your location, you can it? evade that enemy or get an extra clue. Ah, so you could, you could evade use it and her gain ability. <laughs> yeah. But if the enemy is there, it's massive and engaged with everyone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So maybe not here. I think it's more likely that the seeker comes in and transmogrifies an enemy and then your enemy manager 
hopefully with higher agility in future turns, it's going to do some evading and you're just going to keep getting clues that way. Yeah. But I guess there's two two angles for this. One is, is it all right to pay one for an event to evade an enemy that now can no longer hunt you and get a clue? And then on you go. And this is a sort of an enemy solution by like pinning a night gaunt somewhere. Something like a night gaunt, annoying hunter. Was solution a science joke? <laughs> and then the other option is, are you putting this on an enemy that, that you're then going to repeatedly evade? Yeah. To get lots of clues? My feeling is I like it for the former, and I don't really like it for the latter. That seems quite action-intensive. I'm not immediately thinking of enemies that you're like, wow, yeah, we need to really evade this repeatedly. I'm sure there are some. The fact that you've got rid of Hunter on an enemy also means that you're less likely to need to handle something repeatedly. Yeah, that that's nice. There's probably some some tricks you can do with that mm. to pin things down. Like an enemy you don't want to be... Like a, a, a dancer or something like that. A, a big enemy you don't yeah. want to be yeah. fighting, but it will be hunting you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, if if it didn't say massive and just said can't move, you'd be like, yay, thumbs up for some enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Once you've left, the massive isn't a problem either. The other thing is making it massive and cannot move means you move away and you get hit by it once, but then it's it doesn't come with you either. Not that it could with cannot move anyway, but yeah, yeah. I think I think I like it as adding to a suite of sort of seeker enemy solutions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you just it's a one and done rather than multiple things. Yeah. Do you want to lead us into our final seeker level zero card? Yeah, I will. This is a skill card. It is well funded. Has a single wild icon and it has the fortune Tate. Tate, trait. So Rex can't take it. Wow, good knowledge. Yeah. Huge news. While you control a science or tool asset, well-funded gains a wild icon. While you control three or more science and or tool assets, well-funded gains two wild icons instead. Every cent of that research grant counts. And again, we have seen this card on the FFG site. Hmm. Yeah. This is like fine, I think. <laughs> it reminds yeah. me of able-bodied yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. that's fine. Like curiosity and all of those ones. Yeah. If if you were running unexpected courage in like Kate or Wilson Phillips, mm-hmm. you you might as well take this because it's Wilson all... can't take it. But yeah, oh yeah, you can't take it. But you know, if you could, take it. <laughs> yeah. he if, is if you... not well funded. The handyman <laughs> is scrooping and saving. Yeah. If if your uh, Daryl could take it, for instance, yeah, yeah. In fact, is his no his Kodak isn't a tool? I don't think. I think it's just an item. Ooh. Maybe good knowledge. Yeah, I'll trust you on that one. But yeah, in one of those kind of decks, like just take it because it's it's nice. It's item and then, like, tool. Eventually, it is a tool. Yeah. No way. So oh well, there you go. Straight, straight away to slap it, thing. slap it in Daryl, and try not to lose your Kodak. And then you get. get down, to, I think the research Charles notes, West research notes must be science, right? And your Hawkeye is a tool. So, Robert, your mother's brother. Yeah, if research notes is science, that is amazing. But if you're running Herbert West as well, uh, Charles West, rather. Yeah, it's item tome. Item tome science. Oh, there we go. Item tome science. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You can use it for throw the book at them as well. It's been in front of of your face this whole time for plus one combat. Lovely. (laughs) But you know know what I mean? It's just in in the right deck. it's It's just good. The strength it has over those TCU suites 
is that rather than only boosting two stats, this boosts any stats. The weakness it has is that it's specific traits that it needs. I would say that Curiosity, Able-Bodied, getting them up to three icons was probably easier than having a specific trait and having lots in. But you've just illustrated that there are specific decks that might lean into a trait, in which case, great. If you're running Unexpected Courage and Seeker, I think you can have a quick glance and see how many tools or science you're running, because other tools to note are Magnifying Glass and Fingerprint Kit. Yes. And if you're running them, Well-Funded might be worth a look in. Those other ones are nice as well if you're running one of my new favourite cards, <laughs> Bestow Resolve. Mm, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's good. And I think probably get to look in over Inquiring Mind because Inquiring Mind has the reverse curve where it's probably yeah. less useful late scenario. This becomes yeah. better when your board state is built. And, and, sorry, oh, it can mm. always be committed, unlike Inquiring Mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I guess that feeds into the reverse curve, right? That yeah. Late game, there's no clues, so you can't commit it. Anyway. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so late game, you just can't use Inquiring Mind. Well-funded, mm. even early game, before you set up, you can still commit it for one icon. So that is our first, first look for the Investigator expansion for players, for Feast of Emerald Grail. <laughs> Peter, are we, are we doing our favourite card of the set? Uh, or are oof. you doing any reflections? Or are we just keeping it high and tight and moving on let's let's revisit the faction after we've done the xp cards as well and we'll we'll do a, a full view and we'll pick a favorite there sweet of the cards we've looked at probably testing sprint's gonna be my fave i think yeah me too i mean <laughs> of the cards we've looked at there were only two we didn't know and God, was it, is so it yeah. as few as that yeah wow. i yeah, suppose it was sort of control variable yes sort yeah of. And I hadn't looked, I hadn't thought about Microscope too much, even though we had seen it. Yeah, whether or not we'd seen the cards and whether or not we'd thought about them, <laughs> two different things. Cool. So we're going to do super short sign-offs for these first looks because there's a lot of recording to do. So if you want to get back in touch with us, we're drawn to the frame podcast at gmail.com, on Facebook, X, and Patreon. And yeah, stay tuned for many more first looks to come. Thanks Thank you. for listening. Cheers. Cheers.